Hey there, you're tuning in to Loki by Oki, our easygoing sessions for hotel professionals where we chat about industry trends, issues, and solutions. Shall I go? Okay. Hello, everyone. Warm welcome to Loki by Oki, episode number four, the hospitality podcast where we at Oki talk with distinguished guests about exciting, thought-provoking, meant uh, challenging concepts in the hospitality industry that we're excited about. Uh, and today we have a really exciting topic. We're going to talk about innovation in the future of dynamic pricing. And in front of me in beautiful Amsterdam, the sun is shining on us. We have a guest uh, that is very special to me. He uh, is uh, probably one of the people in the industry who has the best uh, kind of finger on the pulse in terms of what do hotels and hotel groups think about pricing? Where are we headed next? And, and what is required to get there? And he's also a very, very lovely person and always greets you with a big smile. And, uh, and it's a source of inspiration. Klaus, it is an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, all these compliments, I'm not sure if I can live up to them, but <laughs> I will try. And Klaus, maybe as a brief moment of introduction for those of you who don't know you, why are you a perfect guest to talk about dynamic pricing, you think? Um, I don't know. You should tell me. But um, I, um, I'm i really passionate about revenue management and pricing. I kind of got first exposed to it um, in the late 90s. I'm not going to say exactly when, in the late 90s. And it was, it was just something that I became really, really um, passionate about because it's all about um, understanding kind of how guests react to changes in price and yep. and and it's kind of a little bit of a game uh, of yeah. doing that and and i decided to make a career out of it and um for the last uh five years i've been with ideas the leader in revenue management and uh pricing and um as their chief evangelist which is doing exactly what we're doing now talking to people and thought leadership and bringing the concept of revenue management pricing to uh, many many people in the industry nice yeah well uh again we're super happy to have you here we're gonna dive right in right into it I thought we could start by setting the context. Uh, what is dynamic pricing and why is it important? Um, it's very important for uh, any business. And, and actually, uh, about 10 days ago, I looked with our president and co-founder uh, at, at his initial mission that he wrote back in 1989 when he uh, founded the company. And the, the initial vision really didn't talk about pricing or revenue management. It talked about helping businesses make scientifically based automated decisions. And it just happened to be that pricing and revenue management, but especially dynamic pricing, is all about, is all about auto automating your decisions that you make to price your products based on science and mathematics and the data that you collect. And as the world moves faster and faster and we get more and more data that uh, our consumers or the market or the environment uh, allows us to tap into, um, we are able to uh, fine-tune our pricing more and more specifically, which means that as a result of that, um, companies in general, but for us hotel companies in particular, are able to make it more and more money. And and what about uh, what about the guest side? Like, if you think about this in a more philosophical manner, uh, philosophically, from a guest perspective and a hotel's perspective, what is the perfect price and why? The perfect price for us is the price that the next customer who's going to call or book is willing to pay. The and one the, after you. The next, the next customer. So um, think about uh, what is the right price to, to expose the next guest to sure. on your website or sure. OTA, whatever channel you're booking. And, at, and what, uh, at what price will you drive the highest conversion? So it's, uh, it's understanding what kind of um, guests you will 
get through your channels at what point and what price sensitivity of what needs they have that you can um, you can translate into a price so they can then convert at a pretty high rate. So it's not about increasing your price um, constantly. It's about having the right price, which might be lower or higher, uh, exposed to the right customer or at the next customer that is booking and understanding who that customer, what they need and what their behavior is and, and what they're looking for. And and when you, because we, uh, you have, for example, nationalities like Dutch and Irish, they are the biggest coupon hunters in the world, right? They love to get a good deal. Then you have nationalities. I remember with Oki in the early days, we have uh, hotels in, for example, uh, Eastern Europe. And, and there, uh, when you sold things at a discount, it would be perceived as bad quality. <laughs> so actually conversion dropped when the discount was too high. Yeah. So how do you take that into account and make that, how does dynamic pricing basically work for, 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 for the larger mass, given that we are so different as, as people? Yeah, and you, what you do, you, you collect uh, massive reams of data um, and you um, put that into a big engine um, and you use that data to understand customer behavior. And that might be by segment, it might be by booking behavior, it might be by length of stay, how many people are traveling and so forth. And then based on the data that you're collecting and based on the understanding you gather from that data, you then uh, are able to fine-tune fine your pricing according to behaviors that your source markets or your, or your, your guests in general <clears throat> or your consumers are willing to spend. So in your example, uh, for somebody who is maybe a little bit more price sensitive, you might display something different. Yeah. Um, because they also be uh, they also exp um, have different behaviors. Maybe they book earlier, or they stay longer, um, or they book during certain periods where you have lower demand. You price very differently than for somebody who books at the last minute, for example. Yeah. Uh, you also have some markets, for example, because we also um, it's not just pricing; it's also overbooking, and it's uh, many other factors. In some markets, you're not able to overbook. For example, in Japan, impossible to overbook because the risk of um, denying somebody a room when they show up at the hotel is too high culturally. I am. Um, so you have to have different factors that are that are that are basically factoring in yeah. uh, nationality and cultural uh, sensitivities as well. Uh, it, it's a fascinating concept, and it seems uh, incredibly difficult. But we are at a point now where this is one hundred percent automated, and we're here to talk about how are we going to bring this even forward, right? Yeah. So. If we just summarize the past, we started with doing, um, if I can take your role, we, we started by looking at supply and demand on a hotel level. Then we started doing it on a room type level. And we take a lot of all the things that you just mentioned into account when doing this. Uh, what, what does the future of dynamic pricing look like? And what is the low hanging fruit that we will do the soonest you think? And, and what is like five years from now? Yeah, and you, it's interesting you're talking about the history. When I started doing revenue management, I, I built this massive spreadsheet that I yeah. programmed myself and I collected all the data or had the night auditor import all the data. And then I looked at that all day long and then I translated it man manually into the channels. There were no channel managers, so I had to put it manually into all the channels and that took me all day. Um, and now we make 10 billion pricing decisions every day across our 22,000 hotels. It's completely automated. Um, the system decides what price to sell at what yeah. channel for what product. Um, and it does that and it updates it multi multiple times a day. And as a revenue manager or somebody at the hotel or corporate office, you can still influence that and you can override it if you need to. But the system in many instances uh, makes the decisions by itself. And that's really what we're talking about, automated, scientifically based, dynamic pricing. Mm. We're now at a point where it's not just the, the best available rate that's being priced, but 
for each of the room types, each of the different rate plans, each of the length of stays, each of the channels can be priced independently, can be forecasted independently, and each of them have their own price sensitivity. So it's it, it becomes much, much more complex. So, so we, in that situation, a suite can actually be cheaper than a deluxe room. It could that, be. Yeah. If the demand is uh, is such that the suite would not be sold otherwise, then that would be the case. If, you can, if you can email me every time that happens <laughs> this year, I'll, I'll be happy. I don't think we've built the, 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 the logic yet to uh, create that, but maybe we can look at it, Eric. But yeah. just as an example, we turned on recently a hotel in Vegas, a quite large hotel, and on the first day where we turned it on, we delivered or we sent 14 million decisions to that hotel wow. to update all their pricing. So the scale at which that is being done now, it's enormous. Mm. And, and when you look then into the future, like, uh, let me give you an example. I'm, I'm booking, I'm a big believer in you have to envision that things are going to happen and then it's going to be great. So I'm booking this really nice vacation over New Year's to celebrate what a great year this is going to be. <laughs> That's how I work. <laughs> but... Uh, it's weird, right? You say something, you talk to people, and it looks like my laptop is listening to me because now all over my feed is like, Eric, for the love of God, don't book your air airline ticket like this. Go on <laughs> Google. Uh, don't uh, don't put in the destination by your keyboard. Click on it in the Google airline travel in incognito using a shitty <laughs> Windows uh, computer instead of a Mac, and then you're going to get a much better rate. You know, crazy. So I follow all these instructions. And do it from a certain country, so you get an even yeah, lower rate. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> they, they talked about changing the IP. Indeed. That's right. And uh, I followed some of these instructions and I ended up booking at the brand.com anyway because it felt more legit and it was similar priced. But uh, that, that's one thing, that's airlines. And, and I see all of this content and then I, uh, I'm a loyal uh, customer of Uber. There is also a lot of content how you can kind of game their um, uh, yeah, dynamic pricing algorithm. If there's a lot of... Uh, you know, if you have to pay a very high price, you can you can pick a geo location a little bit further out, walk for five minutes, you get it way cheaper, pre-book or whatever. Um, but the, my point of this story is I never receive anything like this about hotel, uh, like gaming a hotel uh, rate. And I think that's very fascinating. And I thought about it. It's because of two reasons. First of all, there is no content about gaming a hotel rate, or at least no content that reaches me. Um, and I think that's unlikely because I say ketchup nowadays and Heinz is all over my feed, you know, <laughs> but, uh, the second thing then that, that, that springs to mind is there probably is more, there are probably more variables in the dynamic pricing calculator for airlines that has to do with how I book and search behavior and being on certain devices and countries, like you said, then, then is a common practice in hotels. So when we look into the future, do you think that is one key area that we're going to consume more variables and and eventually we will, ask, as consumers, have more opportunities to try to game the system? Because today that seems like it's quite slim. Yeah, I think you mentioned a really good point. And, and while you were talking, I was just thinking about the examples you brought up. And, and I think one of the key, the key points in the hotel industry is that, for example, at Uber or in the airlines, you have a pretty good, you, you know, it's probably a central team that manages a lot of these things, the channels, the marketing and revenue management. In the hotel industry, I find it's still quite siloed, yeah. that marketing and distribution and revenue management are not always working hand in hand. And because you have different people making decisions that are based on their individual KPIs many times, uh, you don't have a, 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 a all-encompassing strategy yet. So one of the things that I'll see will happen in the future and is already happening is commercial leaders will more and more look at the entirety of all the revenue generating channels and taps and that they can turn on, including marketing and channels and, yeah. and sales. 
and that will become more and more um, uh, converged, or it yeah. will converge more and more. Um, the second part is sorry. Can I pause yes, you there? Go ahead. Uh, in 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 the world, do you see a certain geographic location or type of property where this happens sooner? Um, I think the large chains, the yeah. large US-based chains, are are pushing very hard on that. Yes. Okay. Um, and the second one is, which is the, the area you and I are playing in, it's that you're going to see more and more individual items, features, attributes yeah. that are going to be priced and chopped and 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 unbundled going forward. Yeah. yeah. Just last week, uh, Chris Hillcock, the chief commercial officer of Hilton, was at a conference in London where he talked about attribute-based pricing and, and shopping and how they are starting to uh, pilot some of those concepts. IHG has talked about this for a while. Marriott is working on it with the new CRS that they um, that they acquired or that they're uh, building with um, Amadeus. So a lot of companies are talking about it, and and the future will be to enable guests to book more unbundled experiences that are more relevant to them. Yep. And you'll have at the operational or hotel side, the departments coming together more tighter than, than in the past. Well, if I can pause you there, we we are talking to our, our larger hotel chain customers. So we're going to, uh, at some point this year, start to dynamically price breakfast. Because if you look at the most 10 sold items, breakfast is always at the top. If you exclude Scandinavia, because it's always included there for some reason. <laughs> but, uh, but You tell me why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Somebody started with it and everyone else had to follow suit, I guess. I know Radisson, uh, they, they broke out of that now. So if they're successful, maybe it will... It will be unbundled too, but but the the point is uh, a really really high like uh, quantity uh, amount of breakfast sold everywhere. So if you can dyna dynamically price that, that would be great. There are some new companies, uh, Dynamite, for example, that are starting to price F and B dynamically and with a lot of uh, electric what's it called electronical menus. That's, yeah. that, that there's now an opportunity to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, what other like. Um, other things than than the room do you consider to be like the biggest opportunities from what your what your hotel customers are, are, are sharing this is what we what we need at the moment yeah the way we look at it is eventually everything will be priced dynamically sure, right more sure. or less if you're talking about f and b you know it might not be every minute but it might be your 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 weekends versus your weekdays might yeah. be priced differently or yeah. your lunch versus dinners right um, so we, we look at the hotel in its entirety and we think everything will eventually be dynamically priced. We already have a product for function space and meeting rooms. We have a product for parking, which is not in the hotel area, but for airport parking. Uh, we price a lot of the airport car parks around the world. Uh, some of the largest airports use our system for that. Yeah. Um, definitely F&B coming down the line. But when you look at F&B, a lot of hotel companies don't make a lot of money from F&B because the way their ma the management agreements are structured. Um, so it's less of a priority for the big brands, but yeah. it's more of a priority, obviously, for the for the independent and smaller chains or hotel or companies that have a fully owned or fully managed portfolio. Yeah. Um, and then you have all the other ancillary revenues, right? The the beach, the towels, the anything that you could have at the hotel yeah. or around the hotel. And what I find fascinating in that is Accor has talked about augmented hospitality, for example, for the yeah. last few years. Yeah which not only talks about opportunities within the hotel, but also what's around the hotel and how do you offer that to a customer that's staying at a hotel. So I think the concept of augmented hospitality, some of the stuff that Accor is doing, where, for example, Ennismore is driving more than 50% of their revenue from non-room items. Yeah. These are huge opportunities for more sophisticated, more automated, and more scientifically based pricing. I wouldn't call it fully dynamic because, again, I won't, we probably won't see it changing by the minute. But, but it's it'll better be than more, static. It'll be more scientific and yeah. it'll be more sophisticated as today. Yes. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I mean, all of those brands that you're mentioning there, what they all have in common is that they have a really strong brand identity. 
Like people go to Hoxton because it's cool. Yes. And those guys figured out a concept that works, right? Yes. I'm a local here in Amsterdam always, or go to that place quite often. Good for you. I could yeah. never stay there. It's too expensive for me. <laughs> no, no. I don't mean as a guest. I okay. go to the restaurant. Okay. So that, that's what that's the that's probably how they make so much revenue. Fifty yeah. percent of revenue comes from non-room items. So yeah. Uh, yeah. for that for the entirety, the Ennismore entity that yeah. encompasses Hoxton and everything else that yeah. they have acquired. Yeah. And and to double down on what you said, what we see a huge trend in um what used to be the case that you use, I don't know, my, my, my daddy's day, you would go to a tour operator and you would book everything from A to Z. Now, now, you, now you really book as you go, right? And uh, we, I always like to think and say to hotels that are thinking about, should I, how should I think about my customer journey? Well, you should think about it like this. Guests will always plan as they go. And if you don't sell it to, sell it to them, somebody else will. So it might as well be you. Absolutely. And, and, then and if it, we can add dynamic pricing on top of that. that would yeah, be and it's, uh, it's, you bring up, again, very interesting points. I had a conversation with my daughter recently, and she went to Colorado uh, for a ski trip for a week. And I'm like, well, how much is your entire cost of that ski trip? And she yeah. said, I really don't know. No. I booked my Airbnb in September. I booked my ski ticket in November. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, as I get closer and closer, I book different items. Yeah. So the price sensitivity changes constantly as she's, you know, as she's just adding different things to the basket uh, yeah. of, of her trip, right? Yeah. So you have that. So people don't really, sometimes don't really know what, what they're spending because they're Emotionally, you forget as well. You forget yeah. 100%. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I just want to have a great experience, yeah. right? Yeah. And the other thing to that is, if I'm just finishing up, the other thing to that is the... Um, the, the pay now, uh, no, buy now, pay later concept. Um, and we haven't really researched that yet. I also wonder what impact that has on, on price sensitivity when you're, you know, when you can pay a $500 a night um, a room and you pay it off over 12 months. Yeah, um, yeah it, interesting. It becomes a different purchasing uh, experience than if you pay it all at the at upfront, right? So. Yeah. yeah. There we go. That was, uh, that went fast, huh? That was very fast. Yeah, we could talk. <laughs> Much longer. <laughs> we can. <laughs> Let's have a voting system in the, no, I don't know how, how we will pull that off. But, but I was actually thinking when I was walking earlier today in the, in the sunshine, uh, it would be so interesting to have you back and, and look sure. at wh where, where are we now with the dynamic pricing in like six to nine months or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, that was the, the main uh, part of the, of the podcast today. We, we've come to uh, the, the part which is about the shameless plug. The fun part. The fun part. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, fl the floor is yours, Klaus. What, what do you feel like plugging shamelessly? It can be uh, anything and everything. No, I think uh, especially to your listeners, right? Um, when, 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 I, when I would be looking at a hotel, um, I would look at always, when I was a revenue manager at the hotel, I would look at all the different opportunities that I have to... A, offer a better experience to guests and B, how can I make more money from that for my business? Yeah. So if you're thinking about yourself as an entrepreneur, uh, if you're a revenue manager or somebody at the hotel who makes revenue decisions, think like an, an entrepreneur and then look at the technology that you can use in order to accomplish that, not yourself manually, but accomplish that automatically. Yeah. So so what we've built over the last 30 years now is, is really sophisticated technology that's at the same time simple to use that, it, that automates a lot of the things that we've been talking about and makes a life so much easier for the revenue managers or the commercial leaders at the hotel, as well as the, the um, uh, corporate offices or regional offices. Um, and it's just getting more and more sophisticated. It puts the power really in the, in the palm of the, um, of the hand of the, of the revenue managers or owners or operators or general managers. Yeah. I, I, I'm such a big believer in that. It allows you to become strategic, right? In a completely Absolutely. different way. Absolutely. Will be interesting to see where we end up with all the AI hype uh, the past couple of weeks and what happens to our jobs and how we can become more strategic. 
Uh, from my side, um, yeah, like spinning off of that then and to give some context, like we had, did you know that we have less attention span than a goldfish? <laughs> yeah, 8.5 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you told me that. <laughs> I did, I did. And, and um, in such a world, right, where you need to be so concise and so on the, sp on the spot uh, relevant uh, in everything that you kind of see and market and sell and upsell, um, Content is one thing, knowing when to upsell is another thing, on what channel, etc. And of course, OK helps with all that, but price is a huge component of, of, uh, of enabling conversion rate. And uh, we know that uh, hoteliers that go from a static uh, room upgrade uh, and, and early check-in, late check-out pricing to a dynamic one with, with OK have a 40% increase in revenue overnight across those items. And on that note, I'm very excited to share that we have a, a, a really exciting integration coming up with ideas that we will launch in a little bit. Uh, so uh, watch this space. But for anyone that is an ideas an OK customer, you can plug it in and literally be live in a second once that's live. Uh, and uh, for anyone else um, that wants to listen to more about it, uh, please contact anyone here at OK. And we will be happy to talk to you. Or ideas. Or ideas, for, or sure, ideas. for sure. Yeah, we're very excited about that. Yeah, um, yeah, it here. makes so much sense, dynamic pricing for more and more items, Yeah, uh, including for upselling. It's, uh, it's just a no-brainer. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Thank you so much. Then um, what was the last thing that we wanted to talk about? It was um, somebody that you uh, worked with that you, uh, <laughs> that you really admire or some sort of a mentor. Yeah. What do we talk about there? Yeah, I think when I when I think about my journey of kind of how do how did I end up here in in the middle of Amsterdam on a beautiful sunny day talking to you, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have helped me get to that point, um, and um, I think I always when when I speak a lot of universities and and talk to students and kind of the new generation or next generation of leaders, and I always say that there is a you know a couple components that make you successful. One is ambition. One is luck. One is passion, one is flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the other big component is actually having the right people around you and yeah. searching out the right people to help you. Right? Yeah. So having, having mentors and having people that help you get to that next level that you want to achieve is incredibly important. Um, and there's a couple of people that have helped me through that journey over the years. It's probably too many to mention. Um, but if you are at the beginning of your career or you're thinking about your next step, do, do not be afraid of asking people for help or asking people to mentor you um, or searching out the people that you admire and uh, put yourself in a position where you work closely with them and then learn from them. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I am where I am because um, I was just lucky that I had uh, quite a few people helping me on that journey and, and helping me get to that next level throughout the last 30 years or so that I've been doing this and other things. And now you give back, right? I give back. Yep. Yeah, I speak at uh, universities. I do. Yep. I do mentoring myself within the company and uh, others outside the company who ask me for it, and um, it's very rewarding. Absolutely, I can testify to that. Every time I email you, you're always up for something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always up for something. Yeah, yeah. no, but I think that's great. Like, like that, 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 that uh, yes man uh, kind of personality. Uh, something uh, in that inspires me. Oki wouldn't have been where we were if it wasn't for you know uh, successful people who are who have uh, especially successful people who have kind of come come of age and I would say come of age you know maybe maybe north of sixty 
I've never asked a question to someone north of 60 or something and, and they have turned me down. Right. Maybe they've said, I don't have time right now, but everyone has been willing to sit down and have a chat. Yeah. So I would say yeah. definitely have the, have the cojones to go and, <laughs> and chat with people is very, very important. Right, right. Uh, and on that note... Um, I'm not north of 60, right? <laughs> no, no, sure. no. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not uh, throwing any, <laughs> any jabs here. But like um, uh, two, two investors that have meant a lot for us uh, would be Derek, our very initial investor. He, he was always there for us uh, very, very smart businessman who came from like a farmer background he turned uh, taught, taught us how to raise uh, and build a company uh, you know be be uh, don't be penny wise and pound foolish but we did everything really uh, really really financially smart and uh, that kind of set the structure to the company that we become and he's always been there for us in a very selfless way uh, also because i think he was just so tremendously successful he just saw here are three guys i believe in them and i'm gonna you know uh, make 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 my do my best to make make it make it work and the other one uh, that especially in the early days was a very big difference was uli um he uh, came on board as an angel many many years ago and having someone that was spe specifically in the hotel tech space was uh, was remarkable and i remember the one advice that him and a couple of others gave us was Focus on one thing, and you will be you will be great. And that was what uh, actually propelled us into pre-arrival upselling at the time. So that's cool. Yeah, I don't know Derek, but I know Uli very well. So yeah. it's been he's been a friend for a long time, and um, it doesn't get any better than that. So yeah. you picked a great person there. Yeah. Hey Klaus, uh, there we go. <laughs> Time's up. Um, we. We didn't cover quite as much as I would have wanted to. There is a lot more about dynamic pricing that we can say, but yeah. we did cover a lot. And if we summarize, dynamic pricing is any hotelier's tool to drive more revenue and enhance the guest experience at the same time. There's a lot of opportunity for those that do don't do it, free up time to do other things. Uh, and uh, we identified a lot of low-hanging fruit of other items than rooms that can certainly be dynamically priced. And uh, we here and now promise to all listeners that we will do a follow-up session in due time when we have something more exciting to share about this topic. Klaus, enjoy the sunshine. Amsterdam Thank is you. waiting for you. You brought the sunshine. You're always welcome back. <laughs> thanks so much for being with us and uh, have a great time here in, in our city. Yeah, thanks for having me and I'd love to come back anytime. Sounds thanks, good, Thanks, Eric. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.